Hello, music fans. My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you ever so much for listening to Independence Day. This is an Independence Day Fast Forward episode that we use to check in with people who have previously been on the show. This week, an Independence Day Fast Forward, the lovely and talented Sarah Kramer, who joined us back for episode 154, February 24th of 2016, which seems like only yesterday. How much the world has changed since then? Sarah, say hello. Hello, everybody. Love to have you back, man. It's so great to see you. You too. Thanks for to having you. me. You're so talented. Like, I feel uh, like hanging around you gives me musical legitimacy. Aww. Because, like, people know you, I know you as, like, a singer-songwriter, but also you're, like, a world-class trumpet player that plays on everybody's records. Like, the kind of people that you can call in favors for when it's time to release a record just blows me away. You should say something nice here, like, thank you. Or... <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. I definitely feel honored to get to play with so much wonderful talent and um, to receive the generosity of wonderful people that are also incredible players. Yeah, and you're part of the musical fabric of more than one town. I know you spent time in New Orleans, a place very, very near and dear to your heart. I know you had some Northeastern connections, and now you've been out in L.A. for a while. And you definitely have an effect on people musically when you go. Like, there's a calm, there's a, there's a tranquility about you, at least that's what, it, that's what I perceive. And it's just like, you kind of know what you're doing, talent-wise. Oh, well, which is, thank you so much. Which is a lovely thing to hear and lovely thing to see. So you're going to play a live song for us in a few minutes. We're going to talk just a little bit about finishing up this record, which just came out, Matter of Time. Correct. That's right. you, when you were on the show just a year ago, you were kind of like hacking. I think I was it. just starting to record or was preparing to record. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly where I was in the process, but it was the beginning. And tell me, like, how did this? Every record is different. I feel like they kind of take on a life of their own, like, once you get started. Like, how did the finished product differ from your, like, concept of it? Or was it pretty similar? Um, well, I tend to like to record in layers, so it's not like I enter with an exact concept, but I always like to approach things as a full album, like records used to be, not necessarily A-side and B-side, but as a whole right. thing. And um, so usually I like to start by recording myself, guitar and vocal, knowing that I'll either overdub or eliminate those down the line and then um each song i guess i have a concept as i go like for example on this record matter of time i was hearing um like an african high life type vibe and there's a track it's something that i heard a cuban influence on so i kind of will conceptualize each song entering and then I guess just when I'm selecting players um, who thankfully have been willing to come on board um, I've I've been able to specifically include their sound because I'm not them and I choose them because of right. what they offer and then I'll have maybe somewhat of a concept, and sometimes I even speak in colors, like there's a song Warrior. I had Michael Rosan, who um, I recorded this with, play Pedal Steel on that, and he has this gorgeous part on there, and I remember talking to him saying, it's like you're like the fog over a green meadow, and there's mountains, and you know, it's kind of describing yeah. things in a different way. So it's not so much that I have a clear cut, then as I go, I hear other things and the only um upside about 
not having the budget to finish all in one quick chunk and to right. have it spread out, the upside is that there's a lot of listening I do between sessions, and then I'll hear other things and hear, oh, maybe I could put some glockenspiel on that or, you know, some other thing. Or, oh, because of what the guitar player played, I hear this whole yeah. string arrangement, and I'll now write that and get violin on there. Yeah, you know. Every record, really, it's the second time I'm saying this, has kind of a life of its own. Like, you kind of set out to do something, and you've got a batch of songs, but then invariably, like for me, I always end up writing songs during the process. So then now I've got other songs I've got to kind of throw into the mix as well, and other ones kind of fall away, and then, I, you know, a lot of bands, maybe you do this too, you record way more than you're going to use. You know, I think the first time, the second, well, the first time I went out, I think we recorded close to 20 songs and weeded out maybe five of those. Wow. And they wound up elsewhere on something else down the road. And maybe some of them didn't wind up anywhere. Right. You know, did you record extra ones for this? Um, well, no, I think for me it's more um, that I don't know what it is, but at some point something comes over me that feels like it's time to make another record. And then I don't necessarily have an album's worth of new songs, but I have some and I just want to start. Right, right. And then once I get started, I don't even think about, well, that means I have to write X amount of songs coming up within a general length of time of give or take a year or two or something. Um, But it just tends to flow. Once you know it's time to do it, and then once you get into doing it, then songs just come. And then before you know it, I suppose you do realize there's a concept of an album yeah. and then there you are and then you just walk the walk. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you put that. Walk yeah. the walk. I think or thing, people get kind of hung up on. I mean, I know I do. I get hung up sometimes on the concept of well, you know, you're waiting for the ideal situation, right? Like, well, I can't start until I have this 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 and this, right? right. But I think if you and I'm trying to teach myself this still that if you wait for the ideal situation, you'll never actually do anything. Because there's really no such thing as the ideal situation That's in right. any given context. You've got to just jump in and do it. My One of my mentors, my, my idol, Ray Bradbury, jump and uh, build your wings on the way down. Right? Nice. No net, build the wings, fly, go little bird. Nice. At least that's the way I like to look at it. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the music is great. I love listening to what you do. Uh, I loved having you on the show last time. Thank you for coming back. And the people, man, like I said this before, the people you've got on here, for the, even if people didn't like you, which I can't, I find that would be hard to believe. Uh, the people you've got on here, Danny Magoo, Val McCollum, Fred Tackett from uh, Little Feet, correct? Uh, you've got, uh, gosh, Ross Shodek, Don Was, Greg Sutton, uh, you know, Don Heffington, of course, Pete Thomas. I mean, the people that are on here, man. I mean, what a great opportunity to be able to make a record. Because I know if I was going to make a record, I sure wish I could call up Ben Montench <laughs> and say, hey, dude, come on down and play some organ on this. Because like, I, I want to hear the same thing I've heard like my whole life. That's how organ should be played mm. in my head. Well, I think that's part of it is that um, if you hear something and you want that person... It, it never hurts to ask if you can find a way to yeah. get in touch. And at least I have found more often than not, it's yes. So, you know, yeah. 
All they can say I is think, no, yeah, right? So you might be making a record with Ben Montan. He's a great guy. I hope so. I've never yeah. met the man, although I've met lots of people yeah, who have met great. the man. So and he plays with lots of people that I know. So maybe someday, maybe I'll get Ben Montan on the record. That's right. I'm going to lean on you for that. Anyway, uh, you there's there's the man right there. Tom Petty looks down on all that we do here at the Independence Day Studios, Eagle Rock adjacent world headquarters. You are about to play the loveliest song I've heard you ever write and record. So what is this song? What is this called? Way back home. And this is about, obviously, it's about a war. No. I'm kidding. It's a joke, son. <laughs> Tell me, this is a very, very, um, like an anodyne song. Yeah, this song I wrote about my childhood room in my childhood home in the place I grew up. Okay, enough said. This is Sarah Kramer. The song is Way Back Home. Lovely, lovely music, Sarah Kramer. Thank you for playing that. Thank you for sharing that. I hope people dig this. I hope people go to your website, sarahkramer.com, Kramer with a K. 
and check out this and all the rest of the stuff. I hope they pick up your record. You're kind of self-distributing this, right? Yes. This I Unfortunately, I've never had a manager, although there is one person who I call my manager that um, brought me to Barcelona over the new year. Um, and that was a great trip. But aside from that, I haven't really had a manager and um, everything is on my own. Yeah. Um, so there's no real plan and it's really hard if you don't come from fame or fortune to, you know, get things heard or get yeah. them out there. So I just do my best to get it out there and maybe it'll be played all over the radio one day for now it's here and there i hope so it'll grow some wings it's it's lovely music and with the people that you've got playing on here i mean the the again i I don't want to just keep coming into that because it's really you it's your music it's your arranging it's your you know you co-produced it um but i mean it's just it's really really good stuff i wish people would spend more time digging around for music and when they do i hope they find the sarah kramer record it's called matter of time brand new record let's talk just a little bit about that barcelona trip because i kept seeing all your facebook posts and i was wildly insanely jealous of you in a good way by the way i want to invent a new word it's called i call it plelis which is pleasantly jealous <laughs> it's like jealous without being envious you know what i mean yeah so tell me about your barcelona trip um that was just a whole special thing um i had met a person through facebook who somehow found me and my music i think via jeff termis rick holmstrom and stephen hodges um because we are all mutual friends they played on my first album and i continue to either sit in with them or um sometimes they play with me um live and so the person had wanted to interview me and as we scheduled over a period of months I must have said something like it is my dream to go to Barcelona or something so then um Manuel Jimenez that's who I'm speaking of he was starting to make it seem like he could book some gigs I just had to get there and then he connected me with a musician couple Paola and Juanma who have a band called Blue Room S and arranged that I could stay with them and that they could play with me, I could play with them, I could have access to a guitar, I'd just bring my horn. Um, and so then it was all just up to the plane ticket, and then I had some other arrangement that I did a trade with somebody for horn arrangements, and it ended up that they got the plane ticket, so, and then when I went, it was like the opposite of my life here. I had some sold-out shows, and I was selling CDs and signing autographs and interviewed on TV and interviewed on the radio, and they want to bring me back in October. And Can I um, carry your horn for you <laughs> when you go back in October? But I just loved it. I love the people. People really live from their heart there, and they really receive you, and they really offer the depths of themselves, so... I'm really looking forward to going back, and it was nice to share a reality that I live, you know, that actually worked and where you're valued as opposed to just sometimes wondering, you know, what have I done with my life? (laughs) (laughs) Very, very aptly put, Sarah Kramer. I would say the same thing. I think other cultures 
value music very, very differently. I won't say better or worse because maybe that's not the right way to right. say it, but they value it very, very differently in other cultures yeah, and are willing not, to pay. And yes, and not only the front person, but each musician. Like they, they know all the side players and then the backgrounds of those side players wow. and some of those side players that are also front um, people and they connect the dots and they, I mean, it's all about the heart really, at least in Spain, I find. Yeah. If you'll excuse me, I have to go pack my things. I'm moving to Barcelona, (laughs) I think is what I'm about to go do. Uh, So one last thing before we kick you on out of here, we lost someone very, very important, both to the musical community and to you personally, Leonard Cohen, since you were on the show last time. And you had shared a little bit of from you know some stories about growing up close to the Cohen family last time you were on. I mean, now that he's gone, do you have anything else that maybe we should know about Leonard Cohen that other people don't know, having known the man? Um, I feel like he lived so pure and true and generous with his spirit that who he really is, and you know whether you're a fan and only know him through his art, his writing and music and visual art, um, or whether you knew him personally, I think he just really always made people feel like they mattered Mm. and um, maybe made me feel less alone anyway. Yeah. And, um, And just, I loved his sense of humor. Yeah. It's uh, pleasing to me to hear that people are the way you imagine them to be. You yeah, know what I mean? he, he you, really lived with the highest integrity. Yeah, and I guess that's that's probably the best place to leave it with a guy like that because you want to believe that a person of that legendary status has integrity and makes other people feel valued because everybody values you when you're famous, right? You know, in some way or another, whether they lift you up just to watch you fall, whatever that is, it's just something like a cult of personality in our culture. But when you hear someone who's so revered for such artistic integrity to find out that they have character behind that, um, it's kind of life-affirming. It's not kind of life-affirming. It actually is life-affirming. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, and then thank you. Again, I'm, I'm creeping up underneath us is another version. We Last time we were on here, just last year, you played a live version of this song. This is By You Win from the new record, which people should pick up at sarahkramer.com. That's right, yeah. And what, uh, what, what's the plan for the rest of the, the year here? We'll get some world domination. Oh, um, the plan, you mean some upcoming things? Yeah, you got some oh, shows. Yeah, I've or... got coming up towards the end of March, I think March 23rd, but don't quote me on that exact date. I'll be um, putting together the horn section for the upcoming Wild Honey um, benefit concert to raise money for Autism Think Tank. And we'll be doing the music of the band, Big Pink. Sounds terrible. And yeah, and One no part I'm really it. excited about that show. There's some great players, and that's going to be horn heavy. So there's going to be lots yes. of horn stuff on that. <laughs> I was about to say you were a horny girl, but that means something <laughs> entirely different. But horns are a big thing in your world. Sarah Kramer, thank you. Thank you so it much. Is Joe. Always lovely to see you. Always lovely, lovely to hear you play. Thanks for sharing Likewise. your gifts, and I hope you continue to share them. Drop by sarahkramer.com to pick up her new record, Matter of Time. Sarah, be well. You too. Thanks for being here.